My name is Joe Crabb, and I'm one of the family pastors at Woodside Bible, and let me welcome you to Coming and Going, a podcast designed to be a biblical guide to parenting. God has clearly instructed us through His Word to share and show the truths of His Word and who He is to our children as we are coming and going. This means that we find both organized ways uh, and organic ways to share the truth of who God is and to remind our kids of that as we are coming and going throughout our life. In today's episode, uh, we're going to be tackling a difficult topic uh, as we'll be discussing body image, uh, eating disorders, body dysmorphia. Uh, We know that a lack of body positivity and skewed understanding of self Uh, can cause children to slip into harmful patterns uh, such as eating disorders and body dysmorphia. And while this is a sensitive topic, uh, we're here and grateful to be here to help equip you uh, to tackle those tough things with your kids and help prepare them for the journey God has for their lives and remind them of the truth that they've been made in God's image fearfully and wonderfully. And so as part of this conversation, we uh, have invited in a friend uh, of, uh, of Woodside, a, a, a part of our Woodside family here, uh, Leah ATA. Uh, and so Leah, we will have you introduce yourself. Tell the listeners a bit about who you are. Thank you so much for having me, Joe. Yes, I'm a fellow Woodsider, but I'm also a mental health therapist. Um, I own a small group practice here in Troy. This topic has become really important to me because it's something I see so many clients that I work with struggling and hurting from. I think a really scary statistic um, that's out there right now is that 91% of women struggle with body image issues. And unfortunately, that statistic is not lower for Christian women. Mm. Will you share with us a little bit about the that give us an overview a bit of, of body image, this topic we're going to dive into, and, and some of the traps that people fall into um, when it comes to this. Sure. Let's start with a basic definition of body image. Webster's Dictionary defines body image as a subjective picture. So basically your own mental picture of what your body looks like. Okay. In other words, it's what you think about the way you look, not your actual image in the mirror. Hmm. That sounds very different than God's view of our image, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. You just mentioned um, in Psalm 131 that God says we're fearfully and wonderfully made. But the problem is that most of our problems actually have nothing to do with the reality of how our bodies look. Rather, it comes down to how we feel about them, what we think about them. These thoughts and feelings then actually drive us towards certain behaviors like dieting, plastic surgery, like you mentioned, eating disorders. Um, And these actions are actually classified as resulting from our body image. Hmm. So what are some of the the ways that those things kind of, um, uh, what would be a a, a diagnosis? What are some of those criteria for uh, for diagnosis with someone who might be struggling with body image? So body image in and of itself is a healthy topic. Mm -hmm. Everybody has a sense of who they are in their body. Where it comes into a mental health issue And where I might come into play in someone's life is what's called body dysmorphic disorder. And that's actually a classified mental health disorder with specific criteria that we'll talk about. Firstly, this person, um, more so than just body image, is preoccupied with a specific physical feature or features that they perceive as flawed. Mm -hmm. So somebody who might be focusing specifically on a certain body part and they become... Um, sort of obsessed with it is the best way I can say that. 
Secondly, this person will have a history of a repetitive behavioral component focused on that perceived flaw. For example, excessively grooming in the mirror, trying to hide that perceived flaw, or excessive seeking of reassurance from other people where it actually annoys other people. Mm, interesting. Um, thirdly, the most important one here is that it causes a preoccupation uh, that causes that person significant distress or impairment in several areas of their life. For example, I've had clients resist going to school because of how they look. Um, I've had other clients have surgery or multiple surgeries based on that one particular body part. So it's definitely affected their life in a very tremendous way. Yeah. And when do you normally see these things arising? So typically, the DSM describes typical onset of this disorder at about 12 or 13. So that's very young, about middle school age. In my experience, it can start even younger with girls, especially. Is that often then tied to, to puberty? Is that a big part of it? That, you know, obviously body development, uh, but even just that the, the rise of peer influence, what are some of the factors that cause it to be onset during that stage of life? Both of those, what you just said, are both so significant. Puberty causes significant body changes and the child doesn't even recognize what's happening. And sometimes they're growing at completely different rates as their peers. Um, I have a 13-year-old son and he grew, um, he says over six inches. I think it might even be seven inches this year. And he looks completely then different than he did a year ago. It's, it's very significant. Um, and then also, like you said, comparing themselves to those peers who still maybe look younger or older or have developed quicker than others. And obviously a, a huge thing, and I'd love to hear how much, uh, how much you see this as a factor, is that now it no longer goes to just comparing the way that you look to someone on TV or the peers in your hallway, but people halfway around the world from you with social media. How much uh, have you seen uh, that be a rise in um, uh, connecting with a, a rise in body image or body dysmorphia? I don't love to blame everything on social media, but it's an extremely crucial part of adolescent comparison. Um, we only post ourselves with filters and positive images and show the best of ourselves. In my generation, we had beauty magazines, Vogue, Elle, Teen, pages of pages of models trying to sell me beauty products, but I could put it away or wait a month until the next edition came out. Now they have access 24-7 constantly barraged with images of, you know, different types of bodies and what they should or shouldn't be looking like. One of the things too, when you talk about not being able to turn off social media is that it, it goes even further than that because social media isn't just like, here's the beauty standards or things that you'd want to project, but even here's the tips and tricks so that when you are posting your photo, you look a certain way, uh, have the cutest pose or your body might present itself in a certain way. And that we're talking a lot about physical stuff. We know that that even goes beyond uh, just physical and projecting uh, relationships and friendships and uh, a, a certain well-being of life. I think what you shared was so, so insightful when it comes to that it's not necessarily how our bodies physically look, but it's how they are perceiving how their bodies look. Because I'm, I'm sure as a parent, 
your kids are beautiful. And your son looks completely different than he did since growing those six or seven inches. And he might be feeling some sort of weight about it. I'm sure you and your husband, man, he's a handsome young man. And and he might not yet believe it. And I think that's maybe one of those things that trip parents up at times. I am always going to think my daughter's the most beautiful girl in the entire world. Absolutely. But to her, although I I believe it to be true and I, I see that beauty, her perception of that might be completely different. And I know as a, a parent, you're often kind of struggling with the, that, that nurture versus nature. Um, what, how much of that is at play for, for parents and for the kids when working through such a difficult, difficult topic? That's such a good question, Joe. And I think it's hard to separate one over the other. As with so many of life's struggles, nature and nurture play a huge role in body image and shaping body image. I want to speak directly about body dysmorphic disorder here, though, because there are some really important risk factors that I want parents to be aware of as they feed body positivity to their children. And the first one is child maltreatment. Abuse and neglect, and I'm speaking specifically about um, negative verbal comments from adults in their life, um, has a huge impact on how children see themselves. I've worked with mothers who've compared their daughters' bodies to their own dance peers. That is very dangerous. Um, secondly, a first-degree relative that has obsessive-compulsive disorder, that's the nature piece, has a much higher risk for developing this disorder than somebody who does not. Um, this is a sensitive topic, but as far as nurture goes, sexual trauma um, is a huge risk factor, as well as bullying. And then on the nature side, another uh, important factor to think about is a serotonin imbalance. So those are things I want parents to be aware of and understand how impactful that can be towards that disorder. Like you said, this is not uh, always an easy topic to work through, and even some of those things can be so difficult. But we know at the heart of every parent is that they would do anything to help their their kid, especially when they're in such a time of, of crises. And so I appreciate you sharing that insight perspective as uh, knowing that for many parents listening, they might find themselves currently working through some of these tough things with their kids or uh, they they have friends who are doing the same likewise. So so having that understanding better equips us and uh, allows us to be even more empathetic as we look to either care directly for our own kids or uh, for the, the, the kids that we uh, our life are filled with. Um, we talk a little bit of uh, some of those common oversights of parents. What are some of the ones that you've seen uh, in your experience? The biggest oversight, I think, is just checking in on our own parent modeling. I'm very guilty of this, and I know many of my Christian parent friends are as well, of saying things like, oh, if I could just lose five more pounds, or if I was just a tiny bit taller. Negative comments about our own bodies and weight are a direct impact on our children, and then they internalize those comments and wonder about themselves. Our passing words become their own self-talk in their heads. Wow, that's good. Our passing words become their own self-talk in their heads. It, mm -hmm. it kind of shapes the filter in which they see themselves. Exactly. What are some of the other oversights that you, you see with parents? Also guilty of this. So I'm speaking to myself here. Idolizing beauty can also be an oversight. Uh, I like to get my hair done and buy a new shirt occasionally, but we have to be very careful to not idolize it in such a way that it becomes more important than what we're feeding our, our souls and our hearts. 
And then anything, obviously, we uh, we are as millennials, kind of growing up a little bit with social media. Um, but our kids are our digital natives. Uh, what uh, what aspect of our own personal practices as parents when it comes to social media? How might that be an oversight with our kids? Lack of boundaries with content and assuming that our kids can handle what they see on their own is a really big one. Time limits, um, parental safety blocks on electronics, I do random phone checks. Those are all really important ways to implement those types of boundaries so that their own brains know how to process that in small ways. As you're sharing this, it makes me think about the conversation we had in the last episode with Jim Dalkey regarding the importance of that transparent and vulnerable parenting uh, as, as we're coming and going, both sharing from our own testimonies uh, and uh, our sanctification process. Mm -hmm. As you just admitted, hey, these are things that I, I struggle with at times. I think it's so important for uh, our kids to hear, like you said, that our self-talk becomes, uh, our words become their self-talk yes. in their heads. So for them to know, oh, yep, uh, mom sometimes uh, wrestles with this or has struggled with this. And so even as I'm going through it at this paramount age, uh, what does transparency look like with our kids? So that way they know that, hey, they're not alone in this. Um, and there is as degrees of this that are always going to be relevant and prevalent in their life. And so I think we're reminding ourselves too, that this is something that uh, for many of us, we've worked through at different points of life and we might continue to work through it. Um, that, that reminding our, our kids that uh, God is faithful through that process and modeling to them that truth of, hey, we've been created in God's image. And so uh, regardless of how you look at 12 or, or 22 or 32 or 42, what remains true is that God has made you in his image. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. Uh, and that kind of gets into a little bit of what we want to talk about here next. And um, just some of the truths that we can impress upon our children uh, as we're looking to remind them uh, that they've been made in God's image. Firstly, I think listening to them, hearing their hearts and not minimizing their concerns about themselves, really observing their behaviors. Are, are they obsessing about a certain part of their body that seems, you know, more than average? Um, checking in on certain behaviors. Are they, have they had significant weight loss or are they concerned about dieting, their mood? Obviously, you know, depression can sneak in around puberty. Check in on our own hearts. What are we consuming as parents? and then helping them find friends who will walk alongside them in community, sharing their faith and building them up with grace is really important. Yeah, I agree. Finding, having that Christ-centered community uh, that can help affirm the truth of God's word in the life of all of our lives, especially in the life of our kids. Mm -hmm. uh, we know that, 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 that the lies of the world and of Satan like to, to speak loudly, but again, that's it. listening to their hearts, observing those behaviors. Uh, I love what you're not minimizing their concerns. Again, we, we think our kids are lovely or we know, hey, puberty is awkward. You know, so like, awkward. You know, mm -hmm. it, it's but it it's only a small season in the large swath of life that you may have. Um, oftentimes, it's like just because they feel it doesn't mean it's true, but it does make it real. 
And so how do we help them discern the real feelings they have with the truth of what God's Word says? So I think that's so key, not minimizing their bodily concerns. Uh, you talk about the truth of Scripture. Uh, what, are, what is a passage of Scripture that would be an encouragement that you'd love to share with our listeners now? Yes, Ephesians 2.10 really stands out to me. It's, it's a verse I love to share with my clients, but also my kids. And it says, for we are God's masterpiece. Mm. Not a goof up, not an afterthought, his masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do good things he has planned for us long ago. He sees each of us as a masterpiece, Amen. not just a you know haphazard work of art. That's awesome. That is so, so true. Uh, and it, it's awesome to see that and to be able to affirm that uh, in the way that even your own household, your household of four, hey, we all look different. But we are all a part of God's masterpiece and to continue to uh, affirm that um, in our homes. And so what are ways that we can start to shift the culture in our homes towards uh, body positivity and health? As with most things, I would say balance and moderation is really key. For example, if you are really in, you know, interested in serving your family nutritious and healthy food and you're feeding their physical health, Make sure you're also taking them to church to hear God's word on beauty and body image. Make sure you're feeding that spiritual health as well. What we put in our head and our hearts is equally as important as what we put into our bodies. You shared uh, a, a, a passage of scripture in Romans 12, 1 through 2. Why, why was that one important for you when it comes to shifting the culture in our homes towards body positivity? One of the things I think I really try to do with my clients is help them retrain their thoughts. God is very clear in his word that he asks us to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Me saying something like, you can't leave the house looking like that, or me telling myself, if I could just lose 10 pounds before Christmas, really emphasizes where my heart is on that matter. And so I really work with my clients on retraining their own self-dialogue in their head, what they say to themselves and how that you know, gets put onto their children. And as we uh, get ready to kind of wrap this portion of the conversation in, uh, in a moment here, we're going to invite on one of our student directors, Shanna Craig, who works directly with so many of our young ladies uh, that, that fill the hallways of our church here. Uh, love for you to share any talking points for parents as they try and talk to their kids about their perspective, their kids' perspective on their body. Parents have such a wonderful opportunity to the, open the door on conversations about seeing our bodies the way God intended us to, which was, like you said earlier, fearfully and wonderfully made. It's also important to remind ourselves and our kids that Jesus thinks you are valuable enough to die for. You're already so loved Amen. and accepted exactly the way you are. You don't have to change or lose weight or focus on a specific body part. He sees you as perfectly, wonderfully made. And then asking your kids, how, how can they honor God with their bodies, what they put into it and around them, nutrition, exercise, friendships, what content they're watching. Psalms 119 says, turn my eyes from looking at worthless things and give me life in your ways. So really focusing on, you know, God's perspective of our body image. Amen. And, and, and what about personally for you in the home? You say you have a a teenage daughter. Oh now. man, yes, I, mean, I have a 15-year-old who, you know, just went to homecoming a few months ago. So wow. we, there's always this connection, especially with with dresses for certain dances. But how we dress, how is that going to influence our body image struggle? And how, what kind of message do I want to send to my peers? Are we choosing clothes that honor God and how He created us in His image? 
Leah, again, I can't thank you enough for sharing your expertise uh, from your profession, uh, your experience with so many clients, as well as just your heart as a, as a mom. Uh, and knowing that some some parents might be listening to this and uh, whether now it's bringing to light some concerns that they've been kind of seeing and not being able to give voice to or perhaps even down the line, uh, whether it's a friend or them directly might find themselves needing to address uh, this these issues, these concerns at a deeper level. Uh, what are some clear next steps for somebody to take to address this with their kid? Firstly, understanding and teaching your children that there's a war going on within all of us. Not a physical fight, but a battle between flesh and spirit. Read to them James 4. That's a great passage on that spiritual battle. And helping them understand that no one has to fight any spiritual battle and they shouldn't be fighting it on their own. They have a wonderful church community here that would love to help. And if I can be of service or a Christian mental health therapist, um, we would be more than honored to connect with you. Leah, thank you so much again for this, and and I echo that sentiment. We are blessed to have relationships with uh, individuals like you, and, and just across this area to be of support to to families. and And the 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 sad reality, but part of the redemptive reality we see within the church is that uh, these are issues that we have dealt with directly, working with parents, working with students, uh, which which makes your heart heavy, but you see God's redemption in it uh, because there will be others down the line. Um, and I've been so grateful for those who have seen God's faithfulness through those issues, being willing to say, I want to now, I'll meet with that mom who's also now going through this. And so allow your church family to partner with you, to pray with you, to encourage you, and to help make those connections so we can remind each other the truth of what we already see in God's word, that we are loved and that we are not alone. Leah, thank you so much uh, for being a part of the show. Uh, so glad to have you here and to help people get connected to, to you. Thanks for having me. Of course. Now we're joined on this episode by Shanna Craig, uh, who is one of our student ministry directors, as I mentioned earlier, who uh, directly uh, works with our girls students uh, and through her almost five years here, uh, has walked alongside many of our young ladies and moms and leaders uh, as well with our other female staff uh, when it comes to uh, these issues uh, with body dysmorphia, eating disorders, and so on. And so, Shanna, uh, thank you for, for being with us here and to uh, end this episode building off of the great insight that we just got from from Leah. So, uh, Shanna, I want to ask you uh, two questions. The first one is, uh, what word of encouragement or advice would you give to parents as they are ministering to their student who is directly going through uh, this issue? Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of, of the advice, I guess, that I'll be sharing is even just I am a daughter and I was the daughter of um, a mother who kind of allowed me to, in certain ways, grow in a lot of confidence, but then also fed into some of the body dysmorphia that I felt as a teenager. Um, and a lot of just that experience has then led to how I um, communicate with our female students um, and kind of guide uh, conversations with them when they do start to share that they're having these these feelings um, and just viewing themselves in in a negative light. Um, I remember uh, that at a young age, my mom would make comments about her own body to me and and being dissatisfied with it and started to perpetuate this idea that um, we had to look a certain way in order to be lovable or beautiful um, and that there was a standard. 
And so it immediately started to make me look at myself and wonder like, well, am I beautiful? Am I, am I good enough? Um, and made me start to question a lot of things within myself. Um, and I think uh, there were just comments throughout the years that made me continue to believe that I wasn't, mm-hmm. um, not by any fault of her own, because I just don't think that she was aware. Um, but there were just certain ways in which our household was not uplifting um, a focus on being made in the image of God, but more so trying to make ourselves look like uh, what society was deeming as beautiful. And so as a young lady, I struggled a lot um, with just being satisfied with who I was, noticing yeah. all of my flaws, um, just as I know that so many women can attest to. We always look in the mirror and we don't see the greatest parts about ourselves, but we always see the things that we wish we could change. Um, and what I'm so thankful for was just the intervention of the Holy Spirit in my life. Yeah. Um, just the way that he started to remind me that I was made in his image. That's what Genesis tells us, that when, when man and woman was created, we were made in the image of God. Um, and what a beautiful gift it is for us to be image bearers. And looking back, what I wish that my mom um, knew then, um, and even still to this day, is just that she is a beautiful creation, yeah. um, and that she doesn't have to she doesn't have to worry about the physical appearance so long as she's continuing to lean into the fact that she was she was made on purpose for a purpose by the God who loves her. Um, and the one who knit her together in her own mother's womb. Um, Because that's the confidence that I've now found in finding a relationship with the Lord, um, is that all of my insecurities physically have been washed away by the confidence that I have in an eternal security with the Lord. Um, And so for parents, the the best advice I can give is, is be confident in yourselves, because that is a large part of how you teach confidence to your kids. You lead by example. Uh, Your kids are watching you all the time because you... You gave birth to them. You are living in the same household as them. You are cooking for them. They're watching you get ready in the morning. Um, and it's not to put a specific pressure on you, but it's an awareness yeah. um, that you want to make sure that the example that you are leading with um, is one that they, they can look to and say, I want to be like my parent in that way. I want to have the same confidence that my parent has, um, that they love themselves and they know that they are loved so dearly by the Lord and that they don't have to question those things about themselves. Um, that doesn't take away from the fact that we want to be healthy people, um, you know, and we want to take care of our physical health, but we, we do want to be realistic, um, and loving and kind to ourselves and then lead, um, the ones who we are entrusted to shepherd, which is parents, that's your kids. Um, and we want to do that to the best, the best ability that we have. I appreciate you sharing that, Shanna. I appreciate you sharing from your own personal, uh, journey as, and even as listening to it, how it reiterates what Leah had shared with us earlier. I think that, that, uh, sense I get is you just hit what you're talking about being made in the image of, of God and the beauty that comes from that is that our society dwindles beauty down to just like a a handful of standards. Mm -hmm. And when we, lean more into those and find those as being important as opposed to leaning to the truth of of what God has said is beautiful, we limit what beauty actually is. Absolutely. And we look at our creation, just look at nature. You you look at the 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 you know, this past autumn and the beautiful weather and the trees changing and you go out west and you look at the complex landscapes mm-hmm. of the Grand Canyon or any anywhere you go. Many of you maybe are on the beaches of Florida right now as you get ready oh, for spring break I and wish. everything. Uh, but, but there's so much beauty in this world, and it's not just simply categorized. Yes. There's beauty in, in the most micro things mm-hmm. and the most large scale and massive things. And we have been made in God's image, mm-hmm. and therefore we reflect his beauty all the more. And so uh, I hope that as as 
uh, listeners, that gives you confidence to know that, hey, that is the truth of what we're trying to reflect, not to refine mm -hmm. uh, or diminish beauty, but embrace it all the more yep. uh, as God's designed uh, us as such. And so Shanna and working with students, obviously we know, we discussed this a little bit earlier, uh, just the, the impact of, of social media. Um, what is some advice that you would give to uh, parents when it comes to approaching uh, the social media conversation as it has a, an impact on body image and potentially uh, body dysmorphia and these various issues that arise? I think one thing that I'll share to kind of give perspective on it, which I believe that this was shared a little bit earlier on, um, but there, there is a huge reality that we face in, in the age of social media, and it's not one that we can escape. Um, and as parents, I think one of the greatest things that we can do is just to be aware um, that there is great challenge that comes with exposure to all kinds of influencers online because your kids will always try to find themselves in who they want to become one day. They look up to all of these different celebrities. Um, it could be, uh, you know, people who are really good at video games. Like there's all different kinds of influencers out there, but they look to people um, to kind of set the example of who they want to become. Um, but that also can create a great level of insecurity within themselves. And something that I would just, I would encourage is that you can't escape this reality. So it's more so embrace it and find the good in it. Um, steer your kids towards influencers who are of good character and who are of um, sound principle that what they're sharing isn't going to steer them in a direction of being wildly insecure, mm -hmm. um, but actually feeding deeper into the understanding of identity um, that they're that their identity is put in their relationship with God, um, that there are all different kinds of people who look wildly different, and that's beautiful, that we all get to reflect God's image, um, and that that's a great gift that we have. Mm -hmm. um, and trying to, you know, engage in conversation with them, like, who who are you, like, looking up to these days? Who are the people that, like, you, that you watch? Like, who are the celebrities that you're interested in then? So that you can have a, a pulse on the kinds of people that they're drawn to, but then you can have conversation about it. Um, because the worst thing that we can do is to avoid um, and to pretend like it doesn't exist or to just say, oh, you should like, why do you like them? They're so dumb. Like that's one of the worst things that you can say to your kid uh, because then they're just like, oh, you do not value what I think is cool. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just not going to talk to you about it. Yeah. If you discern what's admirable uh, within it, even if you don't fully agree, agree with it, or even if it's just a small thing, mm -hmm. what they might find attractive or admirable in it, it provides then an outlet to then push them towards something that is yes. better. Yep. Uh, and 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 whether it's just it's clearer clearer and pointing to the truth of uh, of God or, or uh, God's word or um, doesn't lead astray mm -hmm. or or skew uh, God's design at all. Yep. That's uh, that's good. Shanna, again, thank you so much for, for that insight. Greatly appreciate it. Uh, and uh, for those of you listening, I hope that this conversation has been an encouragement to you. This is a topic that we could talk about uh, for, for hours on end. Uh, but know that uh, if ongoing conversations need to occur, uh, whether you're looking for further resources, uh, you need to have a conversation with somebody, you're looking for perhaps even some professional counseling for yourself, for your kid, 
please do not hesitate to, to reach out. Uh, we are here to partner with you as you are coming and going uh, to lead your kids uh, to the truth of God's Word. And so thank you so much for tuning in. We will have some additional resources in the copy of this show. Uh, as always, if this was an encouragement to you, please like, share, subscribe. Uh, and just a reminder as we close here today that we love you, that we're praying for you, and we are here for you as you are coming and going.